Well, good morning, Branches. Thanks for joining us this Sunday morning. I want to remind you that tonight at 6 p.m., we're doing our hearing prayer seminar on Zoom. You could easily find that link to, to join us on our Facebook page. I want to continue in, in this look in Romans chapter 1. And the title of this little series we're doing is called How to Ruin Your Life Without Even Knowing It. And if you remember Paul, he's the author of Romans. And last week we started with this conversation. And, and what we looked at is the first 15 or actually the first 18 verses of Romans 1. Paul is, is laying out the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of salvation. And in verse um, 16, Paul says this, and I think it's a pretty bold statement that he says. He says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. The reason I think this is a bold statement is because this is coming from a man whose, whose life once was, was bent on destroying anybody who called themselves a follower of Jesus. If you remember, Paul was this, was this religious man. He was a Pharisee. And he hated the idea that people were saying that this guy, Jesus, was the Messiah and that he came and you can be saved through Jesus. He became so irate when he heard this that he actually went and received permission in order to go and gather up all those who called themselves followers of Jesus to bring them to to. To basically to death if, if, that, if he had it his way. And if you remember in the story, as he was on the road to go, to go do this, this task, he met Jesus and his life was forever changed. Last week, I introduced two paths that we could go down. One path was the path of, of, of listening to the narrative of the world. And, and ultimately, it's a path that leads to destruction. The second path was a path that leads to an abundant fulfilled life through Jesus Christ. And Paul, he was a guy who he recognized these two paths. He had walked down the one path um, of, of a religious life that was ultimately leading him to destruction. And then he meets Jesus. And now as he's writing Romans, he's on this path of life and life abundant with Jesus. He had credibility to write this letter to the Romans and to encourage them to step off the path of the false narrative and that the world preaches and to get on the path with Jesus. And so what we see in the beginning of chapter one is he introduces the good news, but then he goes on to explain in the next few verses the path that leads to ruin. So last week, what we looked at was the first and the most important step to the, to the demise that we can take. And here's, here's what the step that we looked at. The step was that we refuse to recognize and worship God. And this is a foundational step that we can take. And when we do this step, it determines the life that we are built, that, we, that we'll build for ourselves. Just this past week, a friend of mine sent me this ad of this house for sale on realtor.com. And, and him and I have been talking and I've kind of shared with him this dream I have to own this piece of property with a few acres and, and a small house and a huge pole barn that I can um, do work in and, and just have as a giant shop. And, and so lo and behold, this house pops up on realtor.com and he sends me this and says, hey, have you seen it? And, and of course I had seen it because I, 
I kind of do things like cruiserealtor.com a lot. That's just something I do. And so we looked at it and we started talking about how the price was just incredible. And, it, and, and the question came up, why is the price so low for this, this dream property, if you will? And, and we started just to discuss, well, maybe there's a problem with the house. Maybe it's a fixer-upper. And, you know, you look at the pictures and you can see that it wasn't the greatest house. But then I made this comment to him. I said, you know, it doesn't matter what the house looks like as long as the bones are good. And if you've ever heard that that term, the bones are good, what I'm, what I'm saying with that with that statement is as long as the, the foundation and the structure of the, the house is good, then, then anything can be fixed, anything can be repaired, it can be made to be what you want it to be. And, and this is kind of the heart of what Paul's getting at. He's saying when we fail to recognize and we refuse to acknowledge and worship God, he's saying that we are building a life on a faulty foundation. And this is the first and major step that we take towards a life of ruin. Here's what he says in, in Romans um, chapter 1, verse 21, the beginning, he says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And, and the verse before he ex- is explaining that all of God's creation points to the evidence of a God who created. And even though all of God's creation is saying, there is a God, he created, he's with us, we, we refuse to recognize and to worship him. And that's the, the foundational mistake that we make. Paul moves on and, and starts to, to explain this downward spiral that one can take once they refuse to recognize and worship God. And here's what I want to do over the next couple of weeks. I just want to look at a couple of the points that Paul talks about. And my hope is this. My hope is that individually, we would take some time to evaluate where we're at with God. Are we worshipers of God? Are, are we mere bystanders watching a God in our world? Or are we people who just say, no, there, there is no God? And I, I want us to take a, an honest assessment personally. And then I, my hope is that through the next couple of weeks, we can recognize what, what is taking place here in Romans of the Bible, and, and we can make some adjustments in our life to having that fulfilling life. And I, I believe that when we do and when we make those adjustments and we step into a lifestyle of worshiping our, our Creator, we will find that our, we'll find more happiness, joy, peace, and purpose for our life. So, so when I fail to recognize and worship God, then that leads us to the next step that Paul talks about. And what I want to call that this morning is, is a false reality. Romans, again, chapter 1, the second part of verse 21 and verse 22, here's what Paul writes. He says, They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Now think about that. If, if there's a God that exists, which he does, and if there's a God that existed before all of creation, and in fact, he created all things, which he did, then when we fail to recognize and worship God, we are called fools. It be, we are called, it's called foolishness. Again, if it goes against everything that we are created for, our lives and our minds, we thrive on truth and reality. We're always trying to seek truth in everything. It's just something that naturally our minds do. So when we fail in this basic foundational step of worshiping our creator, we deny the truth and the reality of what we were created for. And that is to, to glorify and to 
enjoy God forever. Our minds are dimmed and we conjure up ideas of who God is instead of knowing the true God. We think up ways that, that we think are brilliant ideas and understandings of, of God only for it to be called foolishness. This false reality runs parallel with actual reality. Now think about this. Have you ever watched a kid play pretend? And they're running around the house and they've created this alternative world and they're having a great time. Maybe you've done that. Here's, here's my alternative world. I, I will dream and fantasize about a life on a yacht. And I have this huge boat and I don't have to worry about money, of course, because this is a fantasy world I'm living in. And I get to spend 365 days a year in the sun, cruising to warm tropical islands, fishing, enjoying the clear blue water, and just enjoying life. That's my fan fantasy world. And this is, this is the parallel world that somebody who fails to recognize and worship God lives in as they begin to conjure up and think of ideas of who God is. And Paul calls this foolishness. In, in Psalms chapter 53, here's what it says. Only a fool would say to himself that there is no God then why does he say it? It's because his wicked heart, his dark and evil deeds, his life is corroded with sin. And this is the life that, that fails to worship and recognize God. How many of you have ever had this conversation with somebody, maybe even in a Bible study or in a small group, where you hear somebody say, you know, I think that God is, or, or I, I believe that God is, or I wonder if God is, or something to that nature, or maybe you've developed, you hear somebody who has developed this idea of who God is, and it's just so far out that you just know that's just a wrong image. That's just a wrong understanding of the creator of the God that we worship. Worse yet, how many of you have friends who, who either they just really struggle with the idea that there's an existence of God, or maybe they just will say there is no God. And, and, I have to wonder if sometime in their life something took place that just basically stripped them and, and stole that person, um, that person's idea or reality of what creation is crying out, that there's a God that created and that loves. And, and with that, it warps their idea of a God that simply says, I love you. And, and it, it becomes this false reality that we live in other than the reality that there is a God who, who created us to worship Him, who created us to enjoy Him, and who created us to have an relation, intimate relationship with Him. But here's, here's the contrast. How many times have you been worshiping God, and deep in the worship, you, and during the intimacy of that experience with God at that moment, you just simply know, God loves me. I love God. God is life. And God, you are all I need. In that time of intimate worship is when we find that space that says, there's a true God that actually loves me. And I don't have to think of, conjure up, or make up any idea of who this God is. It, I, I know it's happening during this time of intimacy. So here's, here's what I believe. I believe that Paul is able to pinpoint this path towards a ruined life because he recognized that once he was on this path. I think, I think after he became a follower of Jesus, after he met Jesus and recognized, you are God, you are the, the Messiah, he spent some time thinking about his old life. And even though he, I, he was a religious person who studied the scripture, who kept all the laws, 
I think he came to terms to realize that that was not the life that God created him to have. And it was only a life with Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, that he was created to have. And I think Paul recognized, man, my life was heading down the path of destruction. My life was heading down the path of ruin. And I had a lot of foolish thinking about who God was and what God wanted from me and how I was supposed to worship and respond to God. And I think that's why Paul has come to the ability to write this letter to the, to the Romans to say, hey, here's the reality. Here's the truth. Jesus is the way. He's the good news. So if the first step to a ruined life is refusal to recognize and worship God, which basically establishes a faulty foundation, and then the spiraling life that, that leads to a ruined life is that we come to these, these conjured up ideas of who God is and, and these foolish thinkings of, of why we're created and, and what God is. We are living in a false reality and here's what I want to ask. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for you as the person who's saying, well, yeah, that's great. That's, that's the world. Those are the people who just deny that there's a God or say that there is no God. But what does that mean to me? Because after all, I call myself a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian. I recognize and I believe that there is a God. Here's, here's what I want to challenge you with this week. First, here's what I'd challenge you to. I'd challenge you to evaluate your worship. And what I mean by that is, is, is worship the foundation of your life? Is it, is it what dictates your life? Is, is God in your life, number one, to the point that everything, decision-making, attitude, your reality is based off this intimate relationship you have with the Father? And here, here's, the, here's the catch. Every week, this is going to be the take-home. Every week, this is going to be the challenge is, where do I sit with my worship with God? Is my reality the true reality of God as a creator who created me to have an intimate and loving relationship with him? And do I engage in that? And, and so as followers of Jesus, it's really easy for us to, to kind of settle into a, an attitude of, well, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I said yes to him. I believe he died on the cross. But then to forget or then to deny a day-to-day lifestyle of worship. So, so that would be the first step. If, if, if you're questioning, how, what does this do for me? What does this say to me? Am I a follower? Am I a worshiper of Jesus? So the first step, evaluate your worship. The second step I would challenge you to is, is submit to a renewed mind. And we do this through submitting to God, to allowing him and his word to transform our thinking. Here's, here's what I, would you take some time to evaluate your, your worship? Would you take some time to submitting your mind and your thinking to the will of God and saying, God, I want my thoughts to be your thoughts. I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. I want there to be this integration of your will and my will so that that I am doing everything you've created me to be. I wonder, church, if if we were to take some time to do that, what, what would be our attitudes in a week from now? What would be our lifestyle in a month from now? What would be our, our, our reach to our neighbors um, down the road? Would, would we be people who find ourselves less, less selfish and more willing to give away, more willing to serve, more willing to love? Because as we worship a God who loves us, it would only be natural for us to want to pour out the love that we receive from him to others. Hey, great spending some time with you. Let me, let me pray this morning, just as you 
um, commit to taking this time to reflect on on this scripture from Romans chapter one. So, Father, I thank you that that we have your word to look at. I thank you that we have it and we can read it and we can study it and we can learn from it, God. But I ultimately thank you that you are our, our God, our creator, that you love us and that you created us to be intimate with you and to worship you. Lord, I pray that as, as we commit to just evaluating our hearts towards you, our lifestyle of worship towards you, and, and where our thinking is, where our mind is, Lord, that you would would engage with us, God, and I know you will, that you would, um, you would convict us, you would encourage us, you would challenge us, Lord, and we would be people that would submit to you because we know that life with you is abundant life. Thank you that you love us so much. Amen. Hey, Branches, we're going to spend some time just praying for each other. And so we're going to jump over to Alicia's house, and she's going to lead us in a time that we just call ministry time. Here's what I want to, I want to encourage you, that if there's anything you need prayer for, and, and I just got to believe that in this season, we all need prayer for something, would you be willing to just engage in that? You could do that simply by sending an email to the church, um, on our Facebook prayer page, you can put up um, public prayer requests. Even in this, um, during this time of our of our watch party, you can send a comment, and there'll be people that will pray for you. We will want, we will in, get in contact with you. We'll follow up with you, and just walk with you down this this journey or path of whatever you're on. So we want to do that. We want to be engaged with you and connected with you in that way. So. Um, as we go over to Alicia's, just just be willing to share your needs because as as God's family, we want to we want to carry your needs together. Have a great Sunday.